everybody and welcome to ask dr gans the podcast stress everybody has it everybody has it so how do we deal with it we can eliminate the bad stuff and then how can we actually use good stress is there such a thing can we reboot can we reconfigure in a positive way well we'll address some of that and joining us is registered psychologist dr gans ference how you doing i'm great so happy to be here. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one because I've just started your book. Awesome. Where do we start with this? The me factor. What made you think you're writing the book? Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 was my okay. So basically, the book I wrote the book to remind me yeah. to do all the right stuff so I don't have to go down that dark path again. Right. Basically, I, you know, particularly with this system, um, this came to me after. Probably the second time I burnt myself out, I was I was wrecked, and I said I cannot keep doing this, especially as a psychologist. It's not a good look for us, right? Yeah, not good. <laughs> so, so honestly, I came up with a system to help me to remember what I need to do. So, so here's here's the thing that I, I realized, right? If I am in the moment trying to think about what I need to do to stay healthy, or to say no, or to keep boundaries up, or do do anything that's not going to cause me to deplete myself. I one I don't I don't think I have the skills. Uh, two I didn't have the willpower. And three I was at the time too much of a people pleaser to be able to do it, and I just couldn't do it. So it's like it's like setting up a policy for your business, right? Uh, like a, you know a, a protocol. Yeah. Once you figure out what the policy is, then everybody follows the policy. Then you don't have to make a decision. It's just already made for you. So that's basically my policy. That's that's the. The, the system I use to make sure that I do the things that keep me healthy, keep me managing my stress properly, and keep my relationships working the way they need to work. The book is called The Me Factor. Here's my favorite part underneath it. Your systematic guide to getting what the hell you want. Absolutely. I, 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 will, I, I do apologize. I wish I had read it from cover to cover by the time we started talking about this, but we'll be talking about this book for a very, very long time. There's I loved time. it. But but the thing that, that blew me away is, so, you know, I'm into like the first chapter and I'm seeing stuff and I'm going, oh my God, this is me. <laughs> well, that I wrote it well. <laughs> I, I have to think that I'm not the only one no. that's falling into that category. Well, well this is it. Like, I mean, what, so I, literally I wrote the book and I did, you know, we talked last time about um, the, the audio on my, on my uh, website. Yeah. Right? I, I actually did the audio first. And uh, that was the way that I reminded myself. And I honestly, I, always, I used to work up in Fort McMurray. So I used to drive I was six hours on the road, you know, once every couple of weeks or whatever. Right. And I would listen to this thing over and over because I needed to grind that into my brain to make sure that it was a natural part of me yeah. because it was not natural. It was not easy for me to say no. It was not easy for me to do the things I needed to do to look after myself so that I could, you know, um, perform the way I needed to or be the kind of guy that I wanted to be. And so I had to really just kind of grind it in. And honestly, since I wrote the book, I've probably read the book about six times already for that same purpose. Like, okay, I got to go in, got to get back, get, get my head right, keep going in the right direction, right? A lot of it is at this point fairly standard and automatic for me. But every now and then when I'm going through the book, it's like, oh man, 
I haven't done that for a while. No wonder I'm feeling so shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, now, before we get into the meat and potatoes here, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day. Here we are. We're we're in Canada, mm-hmm. and we're in one of the places that's rated to be one of the best and happiest places on the earth <laughs> to live. Yep, absolutely. But stress is everywhere, even yeah, where you're everywhere. happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's all relative, too, right? I mean, listen. No one is complaining, like, you know, I mean, we, we have it very, very good here. We're, especially where we are in Canada, we don't typically have a, have a lot of, like, natural disasters. You know, we got free health care. There's no real wars that we need to worry about. You know what I mean? We're, we're pretty stable, right? But everybody has stress. And, and it's not, it's, it's really, in one, in one sense, it's, it makes no sense to be able to compare ourselves to somebody else. Well, at least you're not this. Well, at least you're not that. Well, that's true. That doesn't help me feel better, though, right? And and stress is really in the eye of the beholder, I guess, right? It's like yeah. I feel worried about, you know, how I'm going to look towards my in-laws when I go to visit them for the first time or whatever, right? That That's a real thing because I made it real in my mind, and it's still going to stress me out. My body doesn't care if it's real or if I'm in a war-torn place. If I think it's a stressful thing, it's going to be stressful for me. Let, let's give this a little definition here. What is stress and why is it a killer? And when I say killer, mm-hmm. I think we can probably break that down a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, so s- stress basically is your body's reaction to change. And so when you change something, your body has to adjust to whatever. And and so, it, you know, if you think about most people know or have heard at least about the fight or flight response. Right? Yeah. So the idea for those of us who haven't heard or don't remember, you're walking through the bush and you're, everything's calm. You hear a branch crack behind you and a growl and your body does a bunch of stuff automatically, right? Your heart rate speeds up, your body's flooded by cortisol and, and uh, adrenaline, your pupils dilate uh, to take in more of the uh, environment, your eyes actually protrude. The blood pools in the core of your body and, and moves from your extremities. You kind of get a little colder. Your body is automatically, without you trying, getting you ready to run away or fight whatever the thing is that's trying to eat you, right? And actually, there's a third one, which is freeze, which you just kind of play dead, and hopefully it goes on to something that, you know, is more interesting. But that's what the body does. And this is, this is something that's built into us physiologically through evolution for, through millions of years. And um, we can't override that. So now, I don't know about you, Bryn, but I can't remember the last time a lion chased me or a bear tried to eat me when I'm living in Edmonton, right? Right. (laughs) I had a couple of close calls in the mountains once, but that's different. Right. But we still get stressed out. Now, the the lion or the bear is, you know, the change in mortgage rates or, you know what I mean, the boss yelling at you or, you know, the the wife, you know, kind of telling you she's not happy with the way things are or whatever it is, Right. And so those stressful things, we still have the same physiological response to that, even though those aren't as life-threatening. Now, the difference is, for humans, because we have extra brain, right? We got a neocortex. We don't reset. If you look at animals in the wild, if they uh, escape, if something's trying to eat them or attacks them and they escape and they, they, you know, they survive, they go somewhere and do this little reset kind of dance thing. They, they twitch and they, they do a bunch of stuff. Or, you know, if you watch geese on a lake, they do this a lot. They'll have a little interaction. Then they'll go away and they'll just kind of flap and just kind of, whew, and kind of settle back down. That's what that is? That's what that is. So wow. What that, yeah, so they're resetting their nervous system back to the default setting, 
we don't do that. We have, you know, we, we, we go through stuff and it's like, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll just kind of go through or, you know, we'll, we'll drink or we'll, we'll do something else to short circuit it or to help ourselves feel better. But we don't naturally go somewhere and do things to help us reset. Okay. So okay. then what happens for humans is that stress becomes a cumulative event then, right? So it starts adding up and it gets stuck in our nervous system. And the more we have it, the longer we have it, we start running out of room in our containers. So if you think about our nervous system like a cup, as the cup fills, we have less and less space. The space represents our ability to manage stress. Okay. And also our ability to feel love, to give love, to be creative, to problem solve, to all this other stuff, right? So as the cup fills, we have less of that good stuff available for us. It's easy to talk about it being a killer because we, you know, we've seen the stories about people who've oh, had yeah. heart attacks and that kind of thing. But this is a killer. It can kill your health. It can kill success. It can kill your sex life. Absolutely. Uh, how, how do we deal with that? <laughs> Well, you know, always go to the root, right? And and this is the problem, I think, in our culture right now is like we think about those things, those three different things, and we think, oh, well, you know, if my, if my you know, penis isn't working properly, then I got to go and take Viagra, right? Or, you know, if, uh, if I'm not performing well at work, then I got to try harder. You know, if my relationship's good, well, I got to trade it in and get the next one, right? Or, or whatever you might, might think. Yeah. Where, you know, yes, we can look at... We can look at the symptoms of that, or we can look at the cause, right? And the cause is if I'm stressed out, none of that stuff's going to work right, okay? So let's deal with the root cause. And one of the, one of the ways to do that is to basically nurture yourself. So if you think about, if you think about the, the scales, like the scales of justice, like balance scales, right? You put something on one side of the equation, it has to balance out with the other side, right? Sure. So if you, if you have a whole bunch of stuff that's sucking your energy on one side of the, the balance, you can either remove some of that stuff and get to a more balanced place, or you can add more positive things on the other side to help to balance things out, right? We typically don't think like that. We just focus on what we think is stressing us out, or, or worse yet, we focus on the symptoms of stress and try to address that instead of actually trying to either remove some stressful things or adding some positive things into our lives to give us some balance. You're listening to Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. We're talking about stress, obviously. And you can also check us out on Facebook. Just uh, check out Ask Dr. Gans. Mm -hmm. And your, uh, your feedback is always more than welcome on there. Okay, so what the hell does feed the goose mean? <laughs> I, I'm just kind of getting to that part right now. So it's my shorthand way of reminding myself to look after myself. So it comes from Aesop's fable of the goose that laid the golden egg. So a lot of people remember the fairy tale, right? The farmer, he was really poor. He had this one goose. So he would go out every day and collect the eggs. And he was so poor, he couldn't even eat the eggs. He had to take the egg into town and, you know, sell the eggs so he could buy beans and rice and whatever else that was cheaper. And he could eat that for feed his family with that. So one day he goes out and he lifts up the goose and he finds a solid gold egg, you know, and he's like, wow, this is awesome. Goes, takes it into town, sells it. All of a sudden he's rich, right? Next day he goes out, another golden egg. Next day, another golden egg. Well, he's so rich and like, he's can't believe it, but he's also becoming impatient and greedy. So what does he do? He says, you know what? I'm way too important to wait around for this crap anymore. I'm going to go out and I'm going to take all the golden eggs at once. So he grabs his knife, goes, grabs the goose by the neck, cuts the goose open and opens it up and there's nothing there. He's killed the goose that laid the golden eggs. 
So everybody looks at that story and says, oh, what an idiot, right? Why didn't you just feed the goose? You want the goose to stay alive a long, long time. You want the goose to feel comfortable. So if it was me, buy a big bag of goose chow, right? It's like, you know, build a little goose jacuzzi, right? Get some goose friends over there. You want yeah. the goose to be happy. You want the goose to live a long life. So every day you can go out and get the golden eggs. Well, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't see ourselves that way, but we are the goose. We are what is creating the good stuff, the golden eggs in our lives. But we're also the farmer. And if we are greedy and impatient and push ourselves too hard, we're going to kill the goose instead of feeding the goose. So feed the goose is my way of reminding myself and my clients that, you know what, you got to be kind to yourself. You got to nurture yourself. If you do that, then you're going to be, do better and you're going to reduce your stress and have a much better life. I guess this leads me to the next question. How do we feed the goose? <laughs> so, you know, so when you get the opportunity to read the book or get the download, right? Um, I have seven me factors, I call them, and it's ways to feed the me, to look after yourself. Okay. One of the ways is to understand that, first of all, you have to be the priority. You have to understand that you are if, if you go down, everything you care about and love and you're trying to support, that also goes down too. So sometimes you have to do make decisions that look like they're selfish, but really are in the higher good of everything and everyone you want to look after, right? So you have to feed yourself. But I've, I've identified seven areas that need to be looked after. You know, so a, a few of them like physical, you know, you need to look after yourself physically. And that kind of makes sense, you know, but things like getting enough sleep, eating regularly, eating good food, getting hydration, those sorts of things, right? There's spiritual, right? Making sure that you're in alignment with whatever your beliefs are and you're not going against your beliefs, but also getting connected with something bigger than yourself. And whether that's uh, through a religion or through a, another path, being able to feel like you're in alignment and connected with something bigger than yourself is a very important thing. Social is another one, right? Looking at yourself and who you're around and who you're connected to. Because, you know, believe it or not, if, well, I used to grow up, when I grew up, there was a saying. It says, if you lie down with dogs, you're going to get up with fleas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> who you're around and who you spend your time with is really, really important. I'm going to use the word enablers. You, you do, uh, is, that, is that a bad word? Some people <laughs> like that word because it makes sense to them, and some people are absolutely repulsed by that word because they know exactly how it's affected them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, uh, you have enablers, right, who come in and they just, oh, no, everything's fine. And, you know, instead of helping the person kind of deal with whatever they need to deal with, they're always putting pillows in front of the walls so they never really get to feel the pain of what their decisions have caused in order to help them change, right? They're always making nice, making it okay. So you have those guys. But then you also have what I call soul vampires too, right? And those are those people, sometimes family members, where you know you dread spending time with them or you spend time with them and after you're exhausted. You know, I used to have a few of these in my life and I'd see the <laughs> call display come up and oh that boy. name is like, oh, and I automatically get tired. You know what I mean? And so, you know, those are, those are people too, right? And so we really want to be aware of the social connections we have. We all need social connections, but we need to have the right ones in order to be healthy and reduce our stress. This is Ask Dr. Gans, the podcast. We're talking about stress. You can check us out online at askdrgans.com for more details. We'll get into that later. Okay. How does any of this help the stress? So we've got all these little pointers. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to read it. It's another thing to apply it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And, and this is not, none of this system is easy. It's simple to understand. When, once you read it, it, sort, it totally makes sense. 
but it takes some guts to actually put into practice, right? Because what it means is you have to work at building the habit of doing these things on a regular basis. This is why I used to listen to the download all the time. This is why I read the book all the time. It's to remind myself these are the things I need to do on a regular basis. So, you know, I, I, I would do something stupid like uh, instead of eating lunch, I would skip lunch or I'd skip breakfast and lunch, right? Or I would, if I did eat lunch, I'd eat lunch in like three minutes over my work and just keep working. And so I was setting, sending my unconscious a very unhealthy message, which was, my work was more important than me having nutrition or taking time for myself, right? So when, when you understand the tools or the steps you need to, to, to take to look after yourself, then comes the hard part, which is practicing it. You have to put it into practice until it becomes natural. And if it, if it, if it takes a while to do that, then use a system. This is why I wrote the book. Yeah. Use a system that's going to guide you through that so you get to do it and you don't really have to think your way through it or make those decisions every time in the moment because you're not going to make the right decisions in the moment. Too stressful. We hear the stories all the time about how women handle stress differently than mm-hmm. guys. Is this book designed specifically for men more than women? It is written specifically to men. Okay. <laughs> right? Because, well, for two reasons. One, we do handle stress differently. And, you know, I'm going to be working on the women's version of this book coming up soon. But, uh, but yeah, men unfortunately, we will keep soldiering on, right? That's kind of how we've been raised in Western culture. We got to be tough. We got to be that's that, you know, the Batman, right? Or, or Superman or whoever, right? Which we, is crazy because we try to fix everything. Oh, totally. We try to fix everything. And usually we screw it up worse by trying to fix it than by actually fixing it, right? And, you know, I, I run into this all the time with the couples I work with, right? It's the, the, the guy will try to protect the partner, right? And in the protection, he's sucking it up. He's keeping it to himself. He's not sharing what's going on. The other person knows that something's off. They just don't know what is off. And so they make up all sorts of crazy stuff in their minds about what it is. And they act that out and it drives them nuts and puts a wedge between them. But worse, the guy who's sucking it up and trying to be, you know, Batman he is feeling more and more depleted. He is feeling more and more stressed. He's getting exhausted. And so guess what? When you're doing that, your performance is going to be off. You're going to be kind of a jerk to be around, right? And so he's more irritable. He's not talking. And so by, quote, unquote, protecting his person he loves, (laughs) he's actually driving a wedge into the relationship because he's not available anymore because he's got no place to put his, his angst and his stress. Well, I'm intrigued and I'm just getting started. What's the feedback been on the book so far? Well, I love it. So <laughs> that's the most important part. <laughs> Absolutely. But no, it's been really good. Uh, people, people really uh, enjoy it. And, and it's funny thing because a lot of my clients over the years, they've just bugged me for the last 10, 15 years. Like, when are you going to write this book? I got friends that need to read this. I got to, you know, whatever, right? And they want to make sure they are able to share it. But like you said at the top of the show, a lot of a lot of guys that come to me said, "Were you like, were you following me around when you wrote this? Like, <laughs> yeah. you nailed me, right?" Well, that's the scary part. Is that it's scary because everybody can see a little bit of themselves yeah. in this. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it's mostly me. So <laughs> there you go. You know, I've been there. I've been on both sides of the couch, so to speak. This is Ask Doctor Gans, the podcast. We're talking about stress. You can check us out on Twitter. Here's the handle. It is at Ask Doctor Gans. Okay, how can people get the book? Uh, best way is to get, head to the website, right? Head to the website. Okay. It's on the website. You can get it there. 
a lot of other really cool stuff. There's a ton of free stuff on the website as well to help you manage your stress and, you know, have better relationships and just have a better life overall. So definitely go and check it out. We'll get to those details in a second here. I know you love public speaking. Mm-hmm. I've seen you in action and you obviously connect with your audience. You're looking to do more of that, right? Absolutely. I love to do that. You know, the live events I really enjoy because to me, it's like having a conversation with the room. And, uh, you know, we get to have some fun and we get to, you know, do some exercise and play some games. And I, I have a lot of fun and usually the feedback's usually pretty good on that stuff. Lots of laughter, lots of energy. Okay, chill, relax. That's it for today. <laughs> Every podcast, we're going to try to help you chip away at the stress monster with some helpful advice and some tips. Now, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to drop us a note on our Twitter account, which is at AskDrGans. You can also look us up on our Facebook page. If you love the show, we want to hear from you. Tell us. If you'd love to suggest a stress-related subject, tell us that too. We'll see what we can do for you. Once again, check out the website. This is where we're driving everybody to the website, which is askdrgans.com. Take a look at the many features you're going to find on there, information on seminars, cool stuff to buy. Don't forget the book, The Me Factor. Plus, you can also reach Dr. Gans for any public speaking events that you may have. Thanks again today. Thank you That's for having me. That's podcast number two. That That's was easy. Awesome. <laughs> at least I think it was. I'm Brent Griffiths. Thanks for listening and tell your friends and have yourself a great day. (laughs) 